Welcome to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 1450 WXVW. Myself, Kelly Patrick, alongside Steve Driver, coming at you as we do every Sunday morning from 9 to 11, talking all things in the world of sports. Very active weekend as we have college football, Steve, is upon us. How are you this morning? I am doing wonderful. All sorts of storylines, thanks to college football. Oh, yeah. Locally, we have Louisville with a, a big win on Thursday. We are a weekly show, so keep in mind we're not a 100% topical. Everything that happened last night's all we're going to get into this week, or this show, as we have an entire week to review. We're also going to get to little, at least a little bit of Major League Baseball MVP races talk. Uh, NFL preview is always on the docket this time of year. But for starters, on Thursday, Louisville was a forty, uh, what it was a forty-point favorite over Charlotte, and they delivered with a seventy to fourteen win. And the other local story would be that last night, Kentucky lost to Southern Miss. Very disappointing loss at home for Kentucky to start the season. So many Kentucky fans will be very upset this morning. Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzzline is 502-384-1450. Give us a call. Get in on the action. Does Mark Stoops deserve to be on the hot seat? I mean, no. there's a lot of... Way too early. Come on. Really? I, I also think... This when, is his fourth year. When I, finding another coach, you have to find somebody that's going to be better. Okay, I agree with that. Th- that's that's tough to do. I'm not saying they should fire him right now. I'm saying, how disgruntled is the Kentucky fan base? They're winning 35-10. to 10. Yeah. It, it was, I honestly stopped watching it. I got on to doing something else. I was like, I remember I said to my buddy, I'm not a Kentucky fan, I'm a Louisville fan. I said to my buddy who's a Kentucky fan, well, a win's a win, man. You know, kind of like, Congratulations. You got you to gotta win. It was against Southern Miss, but you got to win. Ready to move on. But there's a I, I wrote it off. It was a win. <laughs> <laughs> they completely. Meltdown. Uh, epic proportions meltdown. I don't remember. In football, that doesn't happen that much, does it? So it was 35-10 at halftime. I was watching the bigger games, the, the big boy games. I had moved on also. I think it was 30. I'll bring up the exact specifics, but I think it was 35-10. So they didn't score in the second half, right? Not only did they lose, no, they, they ended did. up losing by nine. They didn't score in the second half. Okay, are you looking at it? Yeah. Um, I hate to completely, you know, entirely be laughing at them. but Yeah. It, it, to go from 35 to 10 in the third quarter, and I'm like, well, this one's over. They're just going to, you know, just burn some time off the clock, and this one will be done. And then next thing you know, it's 35-31. The 35-31, you turn around, and then they lose the game by nine. I mean, what the hell? What? Uh, I'll bring up the box score here. But a nine-point loss, 
Drew Barker, solid stat line, 323 yards, four touchdowns, only one interception. Must have been something else going on. So that was all in the first half, though, right? That They yeah. must have tried. I didn't watch the game, so I'm sure Kentucky fan is listening to me thinking I'm, I'm an idiot, but they probably just tried to. You're keep, an idiot because you're not watching Southern Miss in Kentucky yeah. in week one. Idiot. They probably, idiot. They probably Get just, alive. <laughs> they're probably playing keep away, you know, prevent defense, run the ball, work the clock. Can't do that. No. Hindsight's always twenty twenty. I said it. Uh, I was watching the USC Alabama game at the beginning, and they went for it on fourth down. You know, it, it's always fun to discuss those type of decisions when you're watching it with your buddies. And I said, "Well, I like it." I said, "I like it. Good move. I like being aggressive like that." Look, they're in range. You know, they're being aggressive. Yeah. If they don't get it, no big deal. They've got good defensive field position. And they got stuffed. And then they got stuffed, and I immediately go, horrible decision. <laughs> <laughs> so hindsight's always twenty twenty, and the sport of football embodies that, hence the, the term Monday morning quarterback, right? Yeah. That applies to everything else. They use that in political uh, commentary these days, Monday morning quarterback. So – it's easy to cr- be critical of a football coach. Prevent defense is great. If you're Tony Dungy and um, Lane Kiffin, I'm sorry, not Lane, Monte Kiffin, right? And if, it works. And it works, and it's dominant. Histor- you got Simeon Rice and Warren Sapp and Rondé Barber. It looks great, but it has to work. It's all, yeah, as long as it works and it's dominant, then it's great. Other than that, Get all sorts of criticism. So it's tough. It's a tough deal to be a football coach, especially at a school like the University of Kentucky, I'd say. Oh, yeah. So Drew Barker with a good game, four touchdowns, one interception. Uh, Boom Williams had 94 yards rushing. JoJo Kemp had a rushing touchdown. Uh, it has to be very disheartening. Once again, 502 384 1450 is the Oxmoor Chrysler. Dodge Jeep and Ram buzz line. We're going to get to some more national college football stories because I know, Steve, you're chomping at the bit to talk about something that's probably a little bit more relevant. But let me drop this one on you, Steve. Lamar Jackson. First half, six touchdowns, passing, two rushing. Michael Vick, 3.0. Let's just give him the Heisman right now. Give him the Heisman, number one overall. Well, he's not eligible, so next year he'll be the number one overall pick. I kind of noticed you were a little more jacked up this morning. Is this is this what it's from? I mean, there's reason. Lamar Jackson. That's what against Charlotte. Charlotte. How long have they had a football program for? You know, five years. Don't don't chastise me. Two and ten last year. I think. (laughs) See, look, he's done his homework. Because I knew you knew. I knew, and I knew you knew, and I knew that you knew that. Lost me, but you would be jacked up about Lamar Jackson having eight touchdowns in the first half. I admit, this is all for nil if they go to Syracuse and lay an egg next week, which could happen. I mean, no one's worried about that either. No, no, no. What do you do in the big games, the big boy games? Is that really historically? It's a Louisville. That's all that matters. Is a Louisville really? Yes, really. For even if you lose against a cream puff. <sighs> But we're not expecting them to lose against a cream puff. You're not. You're not. 
The game's Friday. At Syracuse, 8 p.m. I'm not taking anything for granted, man. So every time Lamar scored, what did we in your face, Steve Driver? What did you do? <laughs> we didn't watch the game together, but were you at home? Is that what you're doing? I was. I mean, not only is he the most prolific dual threat quarterback in the history of the sport. You know what's funny is some somebody at work was like, "Man, you're the the host. He's an idiot thinking Lamar Jackson." <laughs> Is the, is the greatest dual threat. I know you were being you're, facetious. Yeah, you were, but because I, I some may, people thought. Well, I mean, he's you're being serious. He's maybe he's definitely the best dual threat quarterback in the history of the sport. You'll give me that, right? No. <laughs> All right. So, but, you, but he's the second best he's quarterback he's, ever. <laughs> I'm not trying to say he's the best. He's the second best quarterback. Lamar of all Jackson time. put up some good numbers. Uh, Jamari Staples. 83 yards. I mean, just a very formidable receiving core. Defense looking good. Things are going good for the Louisville Cardinals at this point. However, and I'm all all seriousness, I'll be very cautious and looking forward to the game this Friday at Syracuse. Because I, and I'm not exaggerating. If you're a Louisville football fan and you follow Louisville mm-hmm. for any length of time, you know Historically, there's all sorts of excitement, maybe not to quite this degree, but you go on the road in conference and nothing's easy ever. Yeah, I watched a little of the game. Lamar Jackson, against that type of talent, competition, he looked pretty much unstoppable. I'm not worried about Syracuse. Question: well, You're not a Louisville fan. The question I have is when he plays Florida State and you have the same speed across from you. Like there was times where Charlotte had a little bit of containment in the backfield, Lamar scrambling, but he he got away every single time. He's just too fast. Is that going to happen against Florida State? No. Or the first play of the game, what he snuck it up the middle. I thought he took a uh you know, a pretty big lick. Mhm. What's that hit going to be like against Clemson? They gonna, You're right. Are they going to destroy them? Clearly, Florida State and Clemson are the big games. Yeah. Even at Virginia. Early, you know, early on. Road games in conference are always difficult. And then late, November 17th at Houston. But I'm telling you, man, Bobby Petrino's great, and I'm just as pro-Bobby Petrino as I am pro-Rick Petino. I'm fortunate that I believe in both of our coaches that much. I don't. Tr- I try my best not to be a 100% Louisville homer, and although I, admittedly, I'm a fan and I am, um, but I believe in those guys. All things else, ever, everything else aside, those coaches are elite. But that doesn't mean they're immune to a, a letdown. Louisville football historically has letdowns, and you know whether the Rutgers in '06. Any of these past seasons over the past five, six years, there's letdown games where you're like, what? What? We lose that? So I'm not looking past anything. I think there's plenty of reason for optimism. I mean, clearly the best best quarterback in the history of the sport. Yeah. On a national level, Steve, fill me in. Greg Ward Um, Jr. looks good. Which I thought that was the biggest game. Of the weekend, I mean, from from the opening kick, it seemed like a playoff atmosphere, playoff intensity. 
I don't know if you caught any of it, but it it just seemed like an end of a season bowl game almost to get to the championship game. Um, great crowd. Oklahoma has a heck of a defensive line. I, I kind of thought Houston exploited their secondary a little bit, but Greg Ward Jr., he, he did it all. But he's got some weapons outside, too. He's got some wide receivers, just so tall, athletic. Always seemed like they were getting open. You know, and if that wasn't happening, Ward was running, you know, running around like the great Lamar Jackson. It's difficult to hold people up to that standard. Yeah, I'm, that was a very good game. We also saw, as they've cleverly named it, the kick six, where um, Oklahoma tried a very long field goal, and the um, Houston defender caught the field goal. Did you see that? That at the back of the end zone. That has to be one of the. I mean, remember there was an Auburn Alabama yeah. instance of that. That was in college football, obviously. But also, I think was it Antonio Cromartie did that in yep. the NFL. Yep, one of the Cromarties. So you're saying it's just devastating to the it's a game changer oh my god and it's it's about it is sensational what what's comparable steve triple play no it would have to be something more offensive like a grand slam or something or beyond grand slam though and especially this one did you see his foot in the back of the end zone he was almost out but he oh, was yeah, not yeah and then he, was, he had a couple inches but i mean what a play that guy's got to be yeah. an absolute I mean the, the 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 stamina and athleticism to get from there. You realize you got eleven guys trying to kill you. Yeah, and you got to get from there all the way to the other side. That's very. But impressive. the best part is most of them are overweight. You don't have too many athletes on the field goal team. But that that's a ten point swing. Not only did they miss the field goal, but it's returned for a touchdown. Yeah, yeah that that was the that was the game breaker. They were going back and forth. I mean, a great game. But I mean, after that... It was... A four-point play in basketball at certain pivotal moments of the game. Still, be... that's, I don't think that's comparable. I know, but I'm trying to think of something that yeah, has well, such you're, a you're swing. Thinking, you're thinking wrong. <laughs> such a swing is unique. I mean, I think there's is there something in hockey. You got me. I don't know. All right, so Houston over Oklahoma. Not a good day for the Stoops family. Whew. Man, and I was... I don't know if you're wanting to go this route, but real quick, I was looking at Oklahoma's schedule. Okay. Because, you know, these early season losses, most people can overcome them. We've seen teams lose early. Alabama lost Ole Miss and, you know, came back and won it. Ohio State lost to Virginia Tech. They won it all. But Oklahoma lost to Houston. They still have Ohio State, TCU, Texas, Baylor. They're just... Conference game after conference game where they're going to be tested. What is this? Ooh. Year three of the, the BCS playoff? Yes. Okay. And I'm being facetious, but everybody was so excited that we had this playoff. And they said, oh, yes. Now we get to know who the true champion is. Yes. It's easy now. You give me somebody like, and I know that obviously in this instance, Oklahoma would get the edge over Houston. Hence, I'm sorry, Houston would get the edge over Oklahoma because they just beat them. But you take somebody with the murderer's row-type schedule who lost a game at the end of the year versus a Houston, for for example, and you're still going to be faced with a very controversial decision. Yeah. 
there's a lot of factors that go into that, though. Oklahoma does have the murderer's row, but they also don't have a Big 12 championship game. Now, if you say Oklahoma ends the season with two losses and Houston's undefeated, you could you could say Oklahoma's schedule is tougher, but the tiebreaker would have to be Houston beating Oklahoma. So I feel like there's ways ways around. In it. this instance, I, there is. Yeah. I was just using those two yeah, because I mean, they, you're they, right. they they happen to have played each other. It's going to be very tough at the end of the year. Yeah, to so choose in a, in a school like Houston could be the first to really do it. I I, right? lo- I we haven't seen that yet. Yeah, I love the playoff formula the way it's set up now because. It's only four teams, so the regular season still matters. And I like that they're scheduling these tough games at the beginning of the season. We never had these because you could still lose them and win your conference. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I like the playoffs. Oh, I love it. And, and I'm not trying to be critical. It, it would be that, that way even if it was a eight-game, eight-team playoff. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not looking forward to an eight-team playoff. I think it takes away from the regular season too much. But Houston's schedule, on the other hand, what do they have left? Louisville? That's about it. Yeah, basically Louisville for Houston. I think in the in the sport of college football, we're looking for superstars. Leonard, Leonard Fournette, you know, guys like that. Yep. Chubb Nick is Chubb. back for, yep. for, for Georgia. Okay, so if we're selling this as a, a product, you got to have superstars. NBA needs it. NFL, everybody needs it. And so I think that Greg Ward Jr., Potentially, this is week one, Steve. Yeah, I know. And we're already so hyped about this Houston team and Greg Ward Jr. I think Greg Ward Jr. is is potentially going to take that next step and be a really big star. He's going to be criticized oh, yeah. for their lack of a schedule because let's not forget it's not going to be Oklahoma every week. But, but Greg they, Ward Jr. is yeah. on a short list of superstars across the sport right now. And the one time he did play that big team like Oklahoma, they won. Yeah. That helps. That's what matters, exactly. So when they're faced with that as a, a, a potential opponent, he showed up and they showed up big. Oxmore Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzzline is 502-384-1450. We're going to head to the Buzzline now where we have Luther is on the line with us. How you doing this morning, Luther? I'm doing good, man. How you doing? Doing great. Appreciate you calling in. What do you have for us this morning? Um... So, first of all, I just want to say that Lamar Jackson is definitely the second coming to Vince Young. And I'm obviously joking because it's an over-exaggerated thing that I feel like every Louisville fan has gone on right now. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes, I do. But, <laughs> but um, eight touchdowns in the first half is very impressive. Um, that defense looked great. I can't wait to see what we're going to do against Syracuse. I also can't wait to see what we're going to do against Florida State, which I... I don't really think we have a chance against Florida State, but I think that defense is strong enough to keep us close. Um, I saw um, Steve. Steve was talking. To, Steve was talking about um, we might not have a chance either. I don't think Steve has a lot of faith in us um, pertaining to this um, this year and this season. Fair enough. Any, fair any enough. rebuttal there, Steve? You do, do you have faith in the Louisville program? Yeah, I'm. See, I'm curious to see, listen to some radio because there's definitely going to be some overreaction this week. I, I just want to see what happens <laughs> when they play a big boy. I'm just waiting. I'm not getting too excited yet. Yeah, I don't think we should get excited, but I think um, we shouldn't. We should also. Um, I guess we should also downplay downplay what they did against Charlotte. 
Because even though Charlotte's a terrible team, which it even showed back to where their head coach was the first person to ever score a touchdown for them, and that program is young and upcoming, it just um, it gives them a, a boost of confidence and puts, the, puts them in the right position where these um, these players are not going into Syracuse um, Friday night with a lot of energy and a lot of um, momentum from this game. So I'm, I'm happy to see what, what happens from there. Certainly, and you're right, Luther. I agree 100%. Friday is a big game. No question about it. Uh, we can't overlook this. I say we as the Louisville fan base. Um, so huge game from Lamar Jackson. Luther, I know you're being facetious, but if there's a comparison, it would be to Vince Young and probably not Michael Vick, but that's pretty good, pretty good territory right there. So that's because, um, that's because I feel like he'd be, he's closer to my. I mean, his skill set as far as his athleticism to say Michael Vick without the throwing, without the arm strength or accuracy. But when it comes when it comes to his um, speed and stuff, we could we could give that to um, we could give that to Vince Michael Vick. But I just feel like just from what I heard from a lot of Louisville fans. After that game, you would think we were Alabama and we were, we had the chance to be in the playoffs this year. And me as a local fan, I just think that a reaction is a little bit crazy right now. That's fair. I like the analysis, and it sounds like a, a very balanced, fair analysis there. Luther, thank you very much for the call, Luther. We look forward to hearing from you again soon. Have a great rest of your weekend. All right. Thank you, Kelly Patrick. Thank you, Steve. Good stuff there from Luther. You know, he's a Louisville fan, clearly. But my overall takeaway from Luther's call was maybe pump the brakes a little bit. Don't get so carried away. Yeah, you did what you were supposed to do. Yeah. There's no problem with being excited about that performance. But Louisville needs to get used to this. I mean, this should happen, right? This You should win. Against Charlotte. 70, you know, that that's supposed to happen. Um, you know, Alabama doesn't go crazy when they blow teams out. It's just, but I'm, I'm not saying it's bad to get excited about the team that you have and what they could possibly do this year. Mm-hmm. You're, you're an Ohio State Buckeyes fan. Yeah. The Buckeyes also blew out a team and they had a similar, putting the, the, the pedal to the metal, run the score up on them mentality is Louisville. I like it. I think as long as rankings matter, you don't need nice guys. You need coaches who are going to go out there and maybe take your starter out. That's okay. Yeah, I'm 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 a fan of taking the starters out maybe a little bit earlier. When should than, you take the starter? Never before the first half. No, never before the first half. But at halftime, if you're up 40, I'm completely fine with it. Um, unless you have a big game. The following week, and it's early in the season. I think it's fine to play him a little bit longer. But you, I thought Ohio State left JT Barrett in too long. He played halfway through the third quarter. To me, that was too long, especially when you don't have a backup that you can depend on. Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzz Line is 502 384 1450. We're going to head to the Buzz Line now where we have Kevin on the line with us. How are you doing this morning, Kevin? I'm doing okay. Talk about Louisville and Kentucky. First, we talk about Louisville. Well, one thing I, you know, one thing I was kind of happy about from this year compared to last year, even though it was Charlotte, like like the last caller was talking about. I'm one of those. I'm not, you know, taking a whole lot out of that game other than the offense. You know, at least there was some semblance of some consistency 
with the offense because last year, I don't care who we played, it was a work of art. It was, a, when I say a work of art, it was, <laughs> it was something to be like desired last year, let's just put it that way, you know. Too much of that trying to find a quarterback and playmakers, so, you know, it is what it is. But I was just happy to see a little bit more consistency with the uh, offense. And the offensive line got a way to go. I'm sorry. I don't care. That was. I know that you know the shot. Evidently, was throwing some blitzes and stuff the first quarter. But it even during that whole game, I still wasn't you know too impressed with that offensive line. So it's a lot of work to be done with that. And as far as Kentucky is concerned, you know you can't. I don't know what they're expecting to think. That, all of a sudden, you know, just because you got a new offensive coordinator that, what's it, the third or fourth one now since he's been there, that all of a sudden, just because the SEC East is a little down, that they're going to magically jump to the top. You know, it's too much inconsistency with that coaching. And if you look at any other type of team, look at other teams, when you have that much coaching turnover, you know, from your offensive coordinators from year to year, it never works out in the end. It's just, in the defense, they can't stop anybody, and they just, they can hang it up. They didn't be lucky to win four games this year. Yeah, if you can't beat Southern Miss at home in your home opener, I think they were favored by four and a half is what it went off at before the game. Uh, so it wasn't near the spread that Louisville versus Charlotte was. So if we're being fair, it was a much more formidable opponent uh, on paper. And they showed up. Southern Miss, I guess they played well. Kentucky, though, Kevin, you're right. It couldn't be much more of a low point or a discouraging time to be a Kentucky football fan. Could there? Oh, no. Cause, you know, <laughs> well, I- they used to be down in football, so I don't think they can go any further, any lower than what they are. I don't know what they're expecting from that program, and I'm not, you know, and I, I'm not good trying to throw salt at them, but it's just the truth, you know. I, I, sometimes I kind of think that they expect the success with football like their basketball program, and that's just not there. Yeah, no, no, no question about it. Kentucky football has struggled historically. And it's not looking bright. The future is not looking bright for them at the moment. Thank you very much for the call, Kevin. Have a great rest of your weekend. Good stuff there. We appreciate the contribution across the board. Once again, 502-384-1450. Now, we're saying don't overreact to this Louisville win over Charlotte. But should we? Sounds like our reaction is pretty extreme for this Kentucky loss. I mean, Southern Miss is a good football team. What's what's the shocking part that they blew a thirty five ten lead? Yeah, is that I think it? that's it. Yeah, but I mean, you say this is as low as it can get. I am because they're in year four of their coach. Okay, Steve. but what if they win the next six seven games? Oh but, yeah, well, they could win out. They could win out and go to the ball. I'm just saying this does this is at home. That's not going to happen. What? So just because they're in a tough division <laughs> and they lose the first game, oh, fire the coach. They're in a tough division, and they lost to a Conference USA team in the first game. They're a good team, though, right? Four-point spread. Vegas thinks they're yeah. comparable to Kentucky. They're, they're thought of so highly I think that they were only favored. To, they were only projected to lose by four to Kentucky. Okay, but I, uh, it, the, the reason why it's so tough is because 
you were winning 35 to 10. That is if you were that behind doesn't, ha- doesn't happen in 10, football, does it? Uh, it can happen. What we are saw- some examples historically? I was trying to think of that last night. I mean, we think of Reggie Miller uh, yeah. coming back against the Knicks or uh, Tracy McGrady. Remember what he did for the Rockets? Yeah. Um, there's plenty of examples of that in basketball, <laughs> in football, to go from 35 to 10 in the middle of the third quarter and then. Oh, God, we lost by nine. All right, but you they had a whole half to score three and a half touchdowns or three touchdowns and a field goal. That's a long time. That's I, true. I, I think uh, when the Chiefs played the Colts in the AFC wildcard game, they were down by like 37 and came back and won. So and if you have enough time in football, it's definitely possible. Uh, I, I don't think losing the Southern Miss is a huge deal. It's It's just the fashion that they did it. The fashion that they did it makes it that much more painful. Now yes. they're zero one. Yes, if they would have lost, if they were down thirty five ten, made a huge run, lost thirty five thirty four, you'd say, well, they showed great resiliency. I mean, we have something to look forward to if we could keep up this second half play. I mean, we're going to be pretty solid this year. It's just the fashion that they lost in. Yeah, so I, I agree. I mean, it's not, it's not the end of the world. They don't need to shut down the program. Fire Stoops. Remember Rich Brooks, it took years before he hit his stride, and then they only lost him to retirement, but he had some success at Kentucky. Yeah. So the the social media and the current state of rivalries is blowing this out of proportion. Oh, yeah. Um, Next Saturday, September 10th, Kentucky – that's the thing is it's not getting any easier. I don't care who, you know what I mean? They're at Florida next Saturday. They lost to Southern Miss in Lexington. It's never easy in the in the SEC. I don't care, you know. It It's bleak. The future looks yeah. bleak at the moment. I mean, your goal was to win six or seven games, and you know you're not going to beat some of these big boys, so... You kind of looked at this as one of those games you needed to win to potentially win six or seven games. I mean, I agree. They needed this win, but, you know, good team. Yeah. I'm not going to overreact yet. Fair enough. I mean, you were ready to um, drive down to Stoops' house and pack his bags for him. Drag him out of his house. Yeah, you were pretty upset. I was. You know, drag his dog out of his house, too. (laughs) Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzz Line is 502-384-1450. We're going to head to the Buzz Line now where we got our man. The Truth is on the line with us. How you doing this morning, Truth? All right. I I, I feel like you want to go put your hands on Buck Stoop. Easy, <laughs> I mean, he's That'd a nice guy. Assault charge. No, I don't need an assault charge. You know, I, I'm, That's not what I'm going for. And I do think he's a nice guy, and to a degree, Steve, you're right. We don't need to get too carried away. But 35-10 to 10 in the middle of the third quarter, and then you lose by nine? Truth, how does that happen? Here's the problem with Mark Stewart. Everybody can't be a head coach. He's a good defensive coach and a good cruder. I don't think he's a head coach. He liked Buddy Rand. Buddy Rand was a great defense coach. He never could fulfill being a head coach. Everybody can't be a head coach. Okay. And that's Mark Stu's problem is. 
He's a great recruiter. Don't get it wrong. I wish he was the Indiana defensive coach. But Indiana got a good defensive coach. We look like we're going to see how much they do against Michigan State. But I'm going to throw you son out for the local Cardinal fans and, and the team that everybody's overlooking is University of Houston. Oh, yeah. No one's overlooking them anymore. Not, though, yeah, I, not right well. now, but you're right. Greg Ward Jr., Kind of funny that his last name's Ward. Almost, he's almost like Charlie Ward type talent, isn't he? Truth. Yeah, yeah. Hey, and I, I'll tell you something. Louisville better not take him lightly. Oh yeah, but that's that's a while away. I'm gonna say as a Louisville fan, the Cards have every week to worry about between now and then. That's November 17th, so we got a lot of time between now and then. But you're right, Truth. That's a big game. Circle that one because that's big for Houston. And clearly big for Louisville. Hey, right, let me throw something else out there at you. I'm I don't what is wrong with LSU? All oh. that talent. I, I can't understand that. You're right. Me, I mean I mean, how can you get all the great players and you West come on, let's give it a West Conference physical, but they defense all that speed, SEC guy, Big Ten make them look bad and and SEC said they want to play Ohio State, and you can't beat the third worstest team in the uh, Wisconsin is in the middle of the SEC. How you want to handle Michigan and Ohio State? Yeah, I mean, very um, good point. Hey, and I'm going to leave y'all with this. I'm going to throw, throw this out. How about Teddy Bridgewater getting hurt? That was a blow. To uh, Minnesota, what? Yeah, I think we'll touch on that a little later. Uh, thanks for the call, Truth. Yeah, good stuff, Truth. Uh, we appreciate it as always. We look forward to hearing from you next weekend. Good stuff there from our man, the Truth, and he's right. Very devastating for yeah. not only the the big Vikings faithful. Yeah, that's tough. Um, but Louisville fans, yeah. everybody, everybody. Yeah. Mike Zimmer, who's the the roughest, toughest, meanest football coach ever, and I love him. He was quoted just saying how much he loves Teddy Bridgewater. And Mike Zimmer is not Mr. Soft and Cuddly. (laughs) But he loves Teddy. Teddy Bridgewater, I've never heard heard somebody say something negative about him. It sounds cliche, but I really don't think I have. He's just a nice guy who's extraordinarily talented and very sad. He might be out for the beginning of the... Not just this NFL season, but the the next season, 2017-2018 season. Yeah. It's a tough one. We've seen uh, the Vikings try to make a couple moves to to shore up that QB position. Which I I, I know that it's easy to be critical of, right? Yeah, but I guess Zimmer and the GM think that they're good enough. Yeah. D- defensively running game that all all they need is a serviceable quarterback. What you have on the Vikings is a historically great, maybe the best running back ever. You can make the argument. Yeah, yeah. one of the rest, best running backs ever. And the shelf life, he's what, in his 10th year, 11th year? The shelf life for somebody to be elite like that is not long. So the window, you got to view it as closing. And in yeah. a league that's star- – right? Yeah. So in a league that's starved for quarterback talent, starved. Sam Bradford, for whatever reason, is always viewed as a com- commodity 
that people are willing to. I mean, has there ever been a player like this who does not perform on the field yeah. yet is continually sought after? What did the Rams do to get but, him? You know, he's always on the trade block, too. He's so, always on the trade yeah. block, too, but people are willing to give up so, future first-round yeah. picks. What did the Rams the Vikings did, traded their uh, 2017 first-round pick and a 2018 fourth-round pick. And that fourth-round pick, I believe if they um, win the NFC moves to a third-round pick. If they win the Super Bowl, it's a second-round pick. So they could potentially... Well, they're obviously giving up a first-round pick for sure and then a fourth-round pick for Sam Bradford, which is, um, I guess, in their line of thinking, that first-round draft pick will be kind of late in the first round. It'll be a late-20s pick because they expect to be good. So for Sam Bradford-type player, they're hoping he could come in and fill, fill the gap that... I mean, obviously, he's not going to live live up to Teddy Bridgewater type play, but well, I mean, let's we're, we're, come on. we're here. historically no, historically no. Though, what's Teddy Bridgewater type play in the NFL? Who's proven more? Teddy Bridgewater. All right, I'm bringing up Sam. What, what does Sam number. Bradford prove? Off the top of your head, what's the the highest number of touchdowns Sam Bradford has thrown for in a season? I, don't, I he could have had one good season, so I'm not too sure. Probably like 18. Okay. Who knows? I'm bringing it up here, but and it'll be just a minute. But the the only thing I do have to say about Bradford is he's always been under pressure since the moment he got in this league. I think the Vikings' offensive line is good enough to at least give him a little bit more time. With the Rams and the Eagles, I think I was looking up some stats that he was he's one of the most pressured quarterbacks ever. Really? Yeah. But I'm. I don't know. Stuff we'll, like we'll that's kind of like we'll defensive um, metrics in baseball where you try to evaluate how valuable of a defender Jim Edmonds is from the center field spot. And I just use him as an example. I remember Ken Griffey Jr. Um, it's the, my point is it's subjective evaluating certain st- certain parts of sports, right? Yeah. And pressure on a quarterback is certainly one of those. Defense from a center fielder is also one of those. You give me all the numbers you want. And Kurt Warner, the slowest man in the history of not only football, but the history of the world. Yep. He got rid of the ball so quickly that it almost didn't matter how much pressure was on him. Yeah, you're right. So there's so many different variables that go into something like that. Been a great first part of the show this morning. Keep in mind the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzz Line is 502 384 1450. We're going to head to a break. Be sure to stay tuned. Myself and Steve Driver will be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz.
Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 1450 WXVW. Coming at you as we do every Sunday, 9 to 11. Very active morning as we are on the cusp or on the right in the heart of college football season. And there's no more excitement. I know that we're technically a college basketball market, but I think with the increased interest, well, the highest the highest anticipation for a Louisville football season ever is what this year is, Steve. Yeah. That's kind of unbelievable because it feels like there's been excitement in preseasons many times before. But this is the pinnacle of preseason hype for specifically our hometown team. Yeah, even a lot of preseason hype for University of Kentucky. I mean... Interest, intrigue. Yes. Yeah, but this was going to be the the best that they've been in the last, you know, five six years, right? That was the game plan. Doesn't, doesn't appear to be the case. <laughs> you're, you're stuck on it's just over for them. I'm not stuck on it's over. I'm stuck on they lost at home to Southern Miss last. Well, night. it used to be the case. Now, <laughs> well, I mean, we can we can just sit here and act like that didn't happen. Well, maybe if you go talk to Stoops. You know, go up there and, like you said, you were going to do. I didn't. Maybe you could straight, <laughs> I didn't straighten say, them out. I didn't say I was going to do anything to Stoops. All right. So, interest across college football not only is for Louisville and Kentucky here locally, mm-hmm. but a lot of interest for the ACC and for the SEC. Going into the season, a couple schools that were supposed to be at the top of the SEC LSU and Tennessee. Obviously, one of them won, one of them lost. But Tennessee barely getting by Appalachian State didn't quite look like the world beaters that so many no. people had predicted. And they had they have so much talent back. I mean, you could argue as much talent as Alabama, you know, but they they needed some some lucky bounces to go their way to get that win. It ended up going to overtime. Now App State is very good. I think they are picked to win the Sun Belt, but at the same time. You're talking about a powerhouse in the SEC. Uh, national champion c- yeah. contender. Yeah. I've heard many pe- people pick them to win the SEC outright, Tennessee. But overtime game, uh, Josh Dobbs dives into the end zone. Did you watch the game? Yes, the whole game. Ball pops loose, and uh, Tennessee ends up, uh, I believe it was Hurd, the running back, fell on the ball. I mean, that would, you could have lost it right there. Also, App State has had a couple of um, time management miscues. They missed three field goals or extra point and two field goals. They they gave it away. Tennessee was pretty lucky to get out of that one. On the other side, though, um, LSU. Whew. Everybody loves to hate LSU, I feel. Around here, I think that they're a polarizing team. Obviously, there are some fans... But many people are very critical of Les Miles, and they, they feel he should lose his job. You know, on paper, he's one of the more accomplished coaches in the sport, right? Yeah, he is. But with that much talent, you know, last few years, I thought the questions of firing him were kind of, I blew him off. I thought it never happened. But after last night, Oof. you're ready to. I just so much talent. I just don't understand it. Is it quarterback play? Have they not found the, the right quarterback? You'd think being in Louisiana that you can 
probably get any four or five star quarterback you want. But they just lost a slobber knocker to Wisconsin, just pounding the ball back and forth. They had multiple opportunities to win that game, though. It's wild. And this brings back a very basic premise. But big schools like that don't produce the best quarterbacks. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. They don't. Not NFL caliber. I mean, the NFL's looking for something specific. Who's the the best LSU? Matt Flynn? Jamarcus Russell? Yeah. Who else? I mean, those two, Matt Flynn, Jamarcus Russell. LSU, quarterback. Mettenberger? Yep. He's He could end up being good. Where's he at? Uh, he's been in the league a couple of years now. Tennessee? I think he's had a... He's had a chance to uh, start. He's not going to be great, but he's made it. So, but, 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 but that's not the offense they run. You know, they're a power. But you know, during every game, even like against Wisconsin, there's going to be times when you need to throw the ball downfield, where you know, with a minute and change left, you can't run four net mm-hmm. every time with no timeouts. Like, you know, this you, coming you from a Big Ten fan, you just can't do that. Oh yeah, Wisconsin for me is tough to watch because that's all they do. They'll run it twice and then try to throw a little swing pass on third down, and you know, just end up playing the field position game. I was wrong. Mettenberger started his career after being drafted in the sixth round with the Titans, but now he he was with the Chargers briefly, and now he's with the Steelers. So the. the Great expectations for LSU quarterbacks. And I would love for someone to call in and say, you're forgetting about so-and-so. I'm sure I am. Yeah. Uh, but I th- I think that loss was a huge disappointment. Okay. Huge. Biggest one? Bigger than Oklahoma losing to Houston? Yeah, because I think Houston's a better team. Yeah, Houston is. And there was a lot. If you pay attention to preseason hype, Greg Ward Jr., yeah, no one's sleeping on Houston. I don't. I don't even think before the season started. No, there was all sorts of. Yeah, there, there, there's, they're, they're, they're the team that's outside of the Power Conference this year, right? Yeah, they, they're the ones with the hype, and there's about one about every year, right? Yep. And maybe not even to this degree because Ward keeps this up. Oh yeah, he, he's maybe Heisman. And they're getting four and five star recruits now. Herman stuck around. Even all of his assistant coaches had job offers from other places. They all stuck around. So it looks like they're putting together, you know, a solid squad. I don't know how long Herman will stay there. I'd possibly say this could be his last year, but if you if you look at their schedule, I mean it comes down to them versus Louisville. I think they'll probably win out up to that point, or they should. At Louisville. No, it's at Houston. I'm sorry, at Houston. On a Thursday yeah, night. that's right. Gosh, could you imagine how great of a game that's going to be? Regardless if Louisville drops a couple between now and then, because that will most realistically at least lose a couple. Yeah, but they won't because of Lamar Jackson, right? Well, he's the best player in the history of the sport. Of any sport. <laughs> of any sport. And... He, I think he deserves to be nominated for Nobel Peace Prize. And he's really good looking. Very good looking. He models in the offseason. If he wanted to, he could probably run as fast as Usain Bolt. <laughs> so how, how did the SEC do this um, this weekend? I, I saw that Georgia beat North Carolina. That's a okay. big win, mm-hmm. right? Do you have that pulled up? Um, yeah, South Carolina beat Vanderbilt 13-10, to 10, well, obviously, conference, conference games. Game. Okay. You don't. You don't. What you're getting at is, if we're comparing them against other, well, who outside of their conference, who Tennessee, lost in the SEC? All right, 
Alabama looked at the beginning like they maybe would have some trouble with USC, and then they ended up winning yeah, 50, yeah. 52 to 6. It was 3 0 for the a while. The first quarter was very interesting. <laughs> it was 3 0. Yeah. And I was like, wow. USC's got some athletic players. This, you never know. I kept, I remember saying, Clemson beat Auburn. Beat Auburn. So that, that, that came down to the wire. That was a good game. Yeah, 1913. LSU. Lost to Wisconsin, number five. You're right. That has to be the biggest upset. Uh, UCLA lost to Texas A&M. How many damn schools are there in Texas? <laughs> right? Hey, that UCLA game, uh, that went in the overtime too. Um, I believe UCLA was down 24-9 at going into the fourth quarter. Made a strong comeback. Texas A&M eventually wins. And that was over number 16 ranked LS, uh, UCLA. Yeah. So that, that's big for, for the SEC. Huh. Georgia, number 18 ranked team in the country, beat the number 24, I'm sorry, number 22 ranked UNC Tar Heels. That was also a close game. 33 to 24. But still, that's big. Chubb, after yep. missing what? What was it? All of last season? Norm Chubb is back. Big game for him. I don't, I don't, Chubb rushes for 222 yards and two touchdowns. He could be a Heisman. Oh yeah, he's definitely a Heisman candidate. Do you hold on, before you go on to the next game? Okay, yeah, sorry. Do you slow, wish, me, slow me down. Do you wish your last name was Chubb? That would be up there on my list of of what I would want my last name to be. Yeah, I've considered changing my last name legally. Chubb is one I'm considering. Yeah, we can move forward now. Okay, can we move forward? Yep. now? we can move forward. All right, Florida, number twenty five team in the country, beat UMass. 24-7. to UMass, yeah. known for their historical football program. See, I, I didn't get to see any of that game. I'm, you missed it. I'm kind of looking out. forward to watch, you know, seeing how good Florida is. Who you got next? <laughs> you, you're fishing. South Alabama beat Mississippi State. Oof. 21-20. Mississippi oh. State misses go-ahead field goal with six seconds left in the game. That hurts. South Alabama, also known. You sound like you're giddy that they lost for a historical football program. <laughs> I can't name anybody. I don't think it. Right? I don't. I, what What comes to mind when you think of South Alabama football? Yeah, I have no idea. I just made that up. But um, I know Auburn, Alabama. Outside of that, Troy. Troy's got some solid. They produced Demarcus Ware and some other serious NFL talent. Troy, those three schools, right? Am I missing something? For what? What are you talking about? This football in the state of Alabama. Yeah. That's about it. Okay. Alabama, Auburn. West oh. Virginia beat Missouri 26-11. to 11. Nice, nice. Arkansas beats Louisiana Tech. You know who went there, Carl Malone. I'd like to see Arkansas play. I'd, they're supposed to be pretty solid this year. Always have a very outspoken coach. And Kentucky, I don't know if we've covered this yet, but Kentucky lost to Southern Miss 44 to 35. We're going to head 40. to a break. Okay. We're going to head to a break. We appreciate everybody tuning in. Be sure to stay tuned. Steve and I will be back with more of the weekend sports buzz.
Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 1450 WXVW. I'm Kelly Patrick alongside Steve Driver. Very active first hour of the show. A lot of callers. Makes sense. We got through the dead period, Steve. You helped me get through the dead period. We are now officially in the heart of college football. And then soon thereafter will be college basketball. And we there's no shortage of topics. Even if Louisville loses... Uh, or this or that, there's excitement. And this is a college football market, so we, we have intrigue every week, and there's always interest. I mean, we had Truth call in talking about Houston, you know, so there's going to be interest across the board. Uh, and that got us through the first hour with so much excitement. What stories out there right now, Steve, intrigue you outside of college football, or do we even want to get outside of college football? Uh, there's definitely some stories out there with the NFL. Um, I know when I first started the show, we, we did a couple things with some, you know, cool, funny videos. Uh, if you go to Deadspin, they have all the college football. Um, you had that LSU lost the game on an interception. You had a brutal late hit. Wisconsin just celebrating. They won the game. Some guy just comes up and levels them. Also, a USC player um, did a groin stomp in Dominican Sioux style on an Alabama player. Cool videos if you want to check those out. But besides that, man, what do you what did you think about this um, Tebow to baseball deal? This is a publicity stunt. We don't have to spend much time on this. I just think it's kind of interesting. Dual sport athletes always intrigue me. So. Do you think he's talented enough? I mean, he looks great in his baseball uniform. He, man, he's jacked. He is jacked. Isn't he, he? He looks the part of a left fielder who's a power hitter. Did you watch any of the highlights of his tryout? No. He had one bomb, but obviously I'm, that doesn't mean too much in batting practice. I think they said his swing is a bit inconsistent. Doesn't have the same swing. You know, kind of changes i'm a i'm a firm believer that life is not always completely fair certain people are who they are so they get a little bit more leeway in the workplace they're able to maybe show up on occasion late without their boss saying anything to them whereas if the guy next to him showed up and he was late get written up that's just how life is once we accept that i think we can all move forward and realize I do think Tebow has the physical tools to be, to contribute at the minor league level in baseball. And that I also admit that the, the Braves are probably signing him for marketing reasons in large part. Right? Yes. If you're the Louisville Bats, remember when the Lexington Legends had Roger Clemens? Yeah, but I, I went to see him pitch there. It was pretty cool. Imagine how much extra money they made. But that's very different. Than, Is it? I mean, you, you have a... Major League Baseball all-star slash should-be Hall of Famer, one of the greatest pitchers ever that's coming yeah, probably back the best, injury. Probably the best pitcher ever, in my opinion. One of the best pitchers ever. Don't Tebow, <laughs> uh, this is kind of a joke to me. I don't, You're offended. You, I, you feel baseball should be a meritocracy in that, in that Tebow on the, dime, on the baseball field has not proven that he, he warrants even a, a minor league rookie uh, so an A or a, a, a rookie league contract. I mean, if you're a minor league team slash city, you go ahead, bring them to your team, make some more money. But this isn't going anywhere. 
I think baseball has to be the hardest sport to to transition transition to. Hitting a baseball is probably the hardest thing to do in all of sports, in my opinion. I think this is mostly a joke. Okay. I think I think Tebow missed his opportunity when he was playing for the Patriots. He could have switched to a tight end slash hybrid fullback. I mean, how many of those guys have had success in New England? Or, you know, even with the Broncos, if he would have switched to that, I think he would have been successful. Or with the Jets. I think he should be like, a, a, and I'm not being sarcastic, a, a spokesperson for different organizations. He should. He was I think one he of, does that a lot. Though. Yeah, he, I think he should embrace that and keep himself in good shape. He's a good-looking guy. He speaks very well. He should be a commentator. He's one of the greatest college quarterbacks ever. Yes. That in itself, if marketed correctly, can turn into all sorts of very uh, prosperous careers with all sorts of longevity. I mean, 20 years, 30 years from now, he could still be looking good and and speaking well and doing commentary for different uh, college football. I mean, he could probably, Kirk Herbstreet, or, you know, I mean, he could be something like that where he's very successful. He's he's a marketing dream, though. Exactly. You know? Yes, he's got the, he's got it all. People love him. Love him. And you know he's probably not going to do anything bad off the field. You can... The endorsements he could get out of this world. He's a my favorite thing about him is that in college he was friends with Reggie Nelson and Aaron and, Hernandez. And Aaron, Aaron Hernandez, best friends. <laughs> they were best friends. That is bizarre. I'd like to hear him talk about that more. Very strange. <laughs> that is even Reggie Nelson. I mean, a lot of those Florida guys. But so you think it's a publicity stunt? They're going to make money from it. Uh, I, it's not fair to the guy who's played baseball since he was in I think second in, grade religiously, and he has an on-base percentage that's climbing steadily, and now he's going to get cut because Tebow may be a little stronger in a bigger name. Yeah, but I, I do think in Tebow's mind, he actually is wholeheartedly like I can 100% think. all in. I can make it to the major league. That's, I can be a DH. I can be a first baseman. But I think everybody else, scouts, baseball scouts, Probably think it's a joke. Have you followed any of CM Punk? Yeah, I have a little bit. His transition from obviously one of the more lucrative WWE superstars in recent memory, right? Attitude yeah. Era, isn't yeah. that what it's called? I don't know. The, the, he 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 was a kind of embodied a certain era of the WWE. Okay, and he's um, I think he's forty two. I forget how old. No, he he's not that. But he thirty eight, thirty six, something like that. Okay, um, but. He's now said, and I shouldn't paraphrase, I shouldn't try to quote him, because, all right, he is 37 years old, and now he's trying to fight in the UFC. Yeah, he's, he's been training, training for some time, though. He's been training for, but it takes a long time to become good at jujitsu. Oh, I don't think so. <laughs> you can't just, in all seriousness, maybe similar to baseball, hitting a 95-mile-an-hour fastball. You Kelly, are you... What? Are you going to say jiu-jitsu, learning jiu-jitsu is as hard, as tough as hitting a 95-mile-per-hour baseball? Well, I mean, becoming elite at it takes a lot of time is okay. what I'm saying. Okay. Becoming el- elite at jiu-jitsu, I mean, it takes at least 10 years normally to I become a it, black belt in jiu-jitsu. I think it'd take me about two or three months. <laughs> okay, but the transition from WWE over to UFC, the attempted transition where they're not going to 
CM Punk's not going to go in the cage and someone's going to lay down for him. Somebody's going to take their microphone. Hold on. Before we start, <laughs> I heard you've been running your mouth. No, that's not going <gasps> to. Nobody's. He's not going to win because he's cooler yeah. than his opponent. It's all merit. It's a meritocracy. So I, I would draw a parallel to a degree. And part of that makes me dislike Tebow and Punk because it's almost insulting Right? To the actual mixed martial artists. Out yeah, there. but. Uh, into the baseball players who are like, huh. you know, you, we've all known a guy who's a good athlete and he s- walks around and he says, well, I, I was, in high school, I was, I was a great football player. I could, oh, if I wanted to, I could be really good at rugby. I could do that. I could, yeah, I could, oh, I've got time. I'll go be a pro baseball player. It's yeah. easy. That is insulting. And demeaning to many people, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but it's it's their life. You know, if CM Punk wants to train for two years to get in a cage and fight somebody, I could see where other fighters might have take, take offense to that, but just prove it in the cage then. Beat them up, you know? I actually agree with you. I think that with CM Punk's case, he's going to train. He's going to take it very serious. He's humble. He's going to handle it in the correct way. Yeah. And then he's going to go get his ass kicked. You think <laughs> he will? Yeah. And it'll be a testament to the, the legitimacy. I don't think bad, you know, I think he, ha- he has a, a chance. Why? Because he's been training for that long. Because he's really strong? And I'm sure they're pairing him up against somebody that's not like Oh, he's not going to go against fighter. the very best, but you're saying he's been training for a couple years. Yeah, which is more than enough time to, to learn jujitsu. <laughs> but in, in Tebow's case, I mean, you have to be playing baseball your entire life. Oxford. He's not going to walk in there and... Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram bus line is 502-384-1450. I know it's in the heart of college football. Things are getting going. Steve thinks a couple years is enough time to master the art of fighting. And you'd be able to get in the cage with an elite fighter. Absolutely. Give us a call. I'd love to hear your feedback. No, CM Punk's a tough guy. He seems to have a good attitude. Um, he's strong. Obviously, he's lifted a lot of weights. Yeah. That does not mean that he can fight. Man, I'm going to be rooting for him so hard. Okay. Fight because happens. of this? Yeah. Because of my take on it? I definitely don't think There's I, a very... I can master jiu-jitsu. I know you don't. But I do think becoming a Major League Baseball player is more difficult than the transition from WWE to MMA. If you're a big, physical, athletic guy, punching and fighting... You know, you know, punching, well, wrestling. There, there, there is some legitimacy to what you're saying. Hence, uh, um, what's the big guy's name? Brock Lesnar. But he was a college wrestler. Yeah. He was a le- very legitimate college wrestler. So I'm saying somebody with no fighting experience walking into a cage against somebody who... So Bro- Brock Lesnar does not deserve to be in this conversation because he was a... Why not? Because he, he was a college wrestler? Yes. You don't think CM Punk did any wrestling when he was in high school or anything? I don't think so. I think to be in the WWE, you have to be pretty athletic. I'll bring it up here. I I just think it's the transition. If you're a big guy, really strong. Then you're going to go against young. other big, really strong guys you can who take, have been doing okay. kickboxing and jujitsu and, and wrestling. Uh, and, and Just the transition's easier, though. The to learn jujitsu in two years, yeah, you might not be able to master it, but it's it's different than learning a technique in baseball. Something that's you can't train I, to be, 
you know, you can't train two years and get in there and be Mike Trout. It's 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 almost like But you can't God train given. in jujitsu for two years and then go in and do that either. Or or in wrestling or yeah. in boxing. You're wrong on this one though, Kelly. <laughs> That's all right. Maybe we just can't even compare the two at all. You know, it's just no, they're we very... shouldn't try to compare the two. Just two different sports. Transition is each his own, you know, it's different. It's gonna be different. You think that if somebody um it's a big, strong guy. Naturally, he can get in the cage with Brock Lesnar and have a chance. If he trains long enough and he's around the same size, same muscular build, yeah. Trains long enough. What do you mean, a couple years? Yeah. You don't think that someone like Lesnar or somebody who has 15 or 20 years of training would have a huge leg up? <laughs> yeah, but... Huge the leg difference up. 15 of, to 20 versus 2. Is the it? difference of trying to make it into the majors, I think you are, you you wouldn't even be in the, the cage, you know. The difference, like, the difference between being a pro baseball player and trying to make it in the MMA, I believe, is the gap is huge. You are... Tebow doesn't have a chance, and he is athletic. One of the greatest college football players ever. You think Tebow ever. would have a better chance of being a UFC fighter? Yes. Wow. You don't? I, I think that there are similar degrees of difficulty. I think Tebow would go in with somebody who's his same size, and he would just get knocked out. Would you train for two out. years? Two years is... The people in the UFC have been training for 20 years. Okay, but he you'd say he'd or, have a chance. But if he trains for two years to try to make it in the majors, i say he has zero chance. Had he never played baseball? I mean, if we're doing complete... He has a, a baseball background, right? Does he? Yeah, he played in high school. Just okay. you know, well, some people go straight from high school. So, Tebow, so you could compare it to Brock Lesnar. No, Division One. He should be able to champ- walk in the pro baseball and just dominate. Win the you know, right? Be an all star. Brock Lesnar won the title. I played a little bit of high school baseball. Not really. I mean, I was on the team, but I'm just saying that doesn't mean. Gosh, you're good at everything, Kelly. I could easily pick up rugby if I wanted. <laughs> Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram buzz line is five zero two. 384-1450. Give us a call. It's college football season. Oh, yeah. Lesnar won the 2000 Collegiate Athletic Association NCAA Division I Heavyweight Wrestling Championship his senior year. All right, all right. That's why he had success in the UFC. I feel like... Now he's learning jujitsu. But, I mean, without... To be the NCAA Division I Heavyweight Champion... That's not like just nothing. Yeah, that's a pretty big deal. I feel like this argument can go on. It can. We don't need evening. to. There are a couple other um, topics. You tell me when you're ready. That I'm, I can, I'm ready for you. What do you got? Um, Mark Sanchez. Mark Sanchez was released by the Broncos. Okay. I believe he now plays with the Cowboys. He signed a contract. Um, Gabbert was named. Blaine Gabbert was named the starting quarterback in San Fran. Uh, the Ravens released Justin Forsett. A couple big storylines out there. Sanchez, I guess, going to be a backup again, huh? I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up starting. Over Dak Prescott? Yeah. I know that you, you think Dak Prescott's the next one. No, I just think it's tough to learn the playbook that quickly as That's well, right? Yeah. But you can, you can, I mean, Sanchez, say what you want about him. 
he's an experienced NFL starter, right? Yeah, and he's really good looking. I mean, that's debatable. He's average looking. Um, but, I mean, he, he's 29 years old, according to NFL. I mean, he could have a, a solid go at things from this point forward, right? Yeah, he should. He's not going to be he's Tony. He's got a great opportunity. He's not going to be Tony Romo, but I, I, I would, I mean, just my gut says start Sanchez. I mean, maybe not out of the gate, but it sure is valuable to have him around. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he, he had success in New York. Yep. And he's been around. You know, he, he, he was what, with Chip Kelly last year? He was with whoever the offensive coordinator was for the Jets before that. Uh, Denver Broncos. So, I mean, he's an experienced NFL guy. Dak Prescott, sure. Jason Garrett's offensive playbook, Dak Prescott's more familiar with. But a lot of the NFL, there's a lot of similarities across the league. And you can pick things up pretty quickly if you're an experienced veteran. I'm no expert, but, but it seems that somebody who's an experienced veteran, he's 29 years old, he's not washed up by any stretch. I think... Sanchez to the Cowboys is a, is a big story in a, in a league that's starved in a league where routinely first round picks are thrown for Sam Bradford. I think Mark Sanchez is a commodity. Yeah, just to pick up off the street. Yes, they didn't have to give up anything for him. All right, what what other stories are out there? Um, Blaine Gabbert, he's getting the start in San Fran. Yeah, God, we haven't even touched on that. Kaepernick wearing the socks. Uh, depicting the police officers in a negative light with pigs on there. Yes. So he's he's really alienating himself. Yeah, that part I don't agree with. I did see that he donated a million dollars to help a cause. I mean, I, that part I do agree with. He's making nineteen million just, a year. Yeah, it's just some back and forth things that you know the socks. The socks are really pushing it. Uh, what he, kind he, of statement is that? Yeah. Um, anti-police is what it is. All police. That's what, I mean, what Every it seems like. That's hey. not going to win a lot of friends. But no, he's standing for something, and there will be some people su- who support him. So, I mean, in today's day and age of a uh, million different television channels, and, and you need to only cater to your specific market and your niche to be successful, he's catering to, I guess, whatever he thinks is his specific niche audience and he has some he does have support did you see that the um santa clara security for the um niner stadium is thinking about boycotting boycotting and uh i think they want him to be punished by roger goodell which is just i mean goodell's probably just sitting on his hands now right yeah well what can he it brings up a very is he he gonna fine him yeah, you can't really. No, you not. I shouldn't say you can't really. You can't, and just because this PR. this is what represents freedom, and he has yes. freedom. And any police officer out there who's offended by this, you certainly have the right to be right. Or anybody who's anti-Kaepernick, you have the right to be, or anything. You have the right to free speech in this country, and this embodies that, even if it's not popular or it's not um, fitting the narrative <laughs> that the ultra politically correct NFL is trying to yeah. forge their, their future. I mean, they are, as you said before, Steve, the most patriotic league. The most patriotic league. If there's a, a league that's unique to American patriotism, it is the NFL. They don't even play NFL 
out, or uh, American rules style football, really, outside of our country. Canada, there's a little bit in Europe. I actually know a guy who plays professionally yeah, in Europe. Even the rules are different there. Yeah, it's it's very minimal. This is a American sport, and Kaepernick is is really embracing the heel role when it comes to public relations for the NFL. They're testing Roger Goodell and testing the ability to, to free speech in such a litigious organization, right? Yeah. So you can't touch them, which is cool. I mean, that's free speech. Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Deep and Ram buzz line is 502-384-1450. Your Buckeyes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't hear me going on about JT Baird all morning, do you? He had, <laughs> he had seven touchdowns. Seven. Well, Lamar Jackson had it's eight. It's not eight, though, is Lamar it? Lamar Jackson had eight. So Lamar Jackson's better. Yeah. I watched that game. As it, as it began to become a blowout, I was tuning over to the Oklahoma-Houston game. But Buckeyes replacing 16 starters. Um, you know, against Bowling Green, you can't really tell. Didn't Urban Meyer used to coach at Bowling Green? Yes, he did. Yep. But, uh, you know, they have a lot of a lot of holes. They also have a lot of playmakers. But they play Oklahoma at Oklahoma Week 3, I think. I mean, that should be a very good game. But I, I could see Oklahoma exploiting, you know, the secondary, some of the defensive woes and replacements that we've had to make. I, I could see that. But, you know, even, even – if we lose, if Ohio State loses to Oklahoma, they could still run the table in the Big Ten. The Big Ten is fortunate enough to have a conference championship game. Always helps. Ohio State's got Tulsa at home in Columbus next week, Saturday. And then, as you said, at Oklahoma. Then versus Rutgers, and then Indiana and Wisconsin. I mean, a regular Big Ten schedule. Yeah. Who knows? Wisconsin could be five and zero at that point, right? It's not always the most exciting style. If we're ranking the superstars across the sport of college football right now, because I, I always default to that. Leonard yeah. Fournette, Chubb, but I, I do McCaffrey. Th- how did McCaffrey do? Uh, he did very well. Is he, I, is I watched he, some of that game. Yeah, he played. is he the front runner? No, he's a West Coast guy. You're never going to be the front runner. So you're admitting Unless there's you're a, the quarterback. A, a, a Midwest or East oh, Coast yeah. bias. Oh, yeah. I mean, the ceremony is held in New York, New York City, right? I mean, he's, getting, he's behind the eight ball, but if you're a quarterback, that helps. But at least people know him. He's a big name. Well, how do you describe uh, <laughs> He's really Matt Leinert, good, too. Matt McCaff- Leinert, yeah. uh, Carson Palmer, Reggie Bush. They have success. Yeah. They, they, they win Heismans. All USC guys. Yeah. That helps. Um, who else? Maurice Jones-Drew is at a UCLA. I'm trying to think. Anybody else? Yeah, but you're talking about winning Heisman. Yeah. I'm sure there's some other ones out there. But, uh, Marcus Mariota. Yeah, Mariota. So it does happen on the West Coast. <clears throat> what kind of a... Um, I'm bringing this up here, Pac-10. Um, sorry, Pac-12. Um, what kind of game did McCaffrey have? I believe he took... Um, uh, I believe he had a kick return for a touchdown. Really? Maybe, maybe two touchdowns, and I mean he looked good. They beat Kansas State twenty-six yeah. to thirteen. McCaffrey played, played rushed, pretty well. rushed for one hundred twenty-six yards and two touchdowns. He caught seven balls for forty yards. 
Yeah, he's awesome. You, you definitely, I know it's hard to watch some of these West Coast games at the times they come on, but everybody, if you have a chance, you should definitely watch him. So McCaffrey is up there. He's kind of like a Marshall Falk type, out of the backfield, you know, rushing, but just catches the ball. Equally adept at yes. the, the receiving game. Yes. But uh, Fournette, Nick Chubb, Greg Ward Jr., still, you know, week one. Who else are we leaving out? Who's this quarterback for Alabama? And do they have a platoon system or has Alabama? Because let's not ignore the fact that we're talking about college football all morning. And Alabama is coached by the best coach in the history of the sport. Yeah. And they're just as good as they've ever been. And this may be their year again. During a commercial break, you and I were talking that preseason, it was Tennessee, LSU, a lot of people picking them to win the SEC. But what happens week one? It's still Alabama. Yeah. Still Nick question marks with Tennessee and LSU and Alabama still still nominating. I enjoy watching Nick Saban press conferences because he always seems so pissed off. Oh, and yeah. He, he's obviously so good at his job, but because of the media market uh, that Alabama is and there's so much pressure on him in that job – and all of that, those those uh, extenuating circumstances that he has to deal with, he keeps an edge, despite the fact that he is. If they win it this year, I mean, he's he's the best coach ever, yep. and he's going to somehow keep an edge. He's going to somehow still be pissed off at his press conferences, and he's going to walk around like Nick Saban. It's kind of like Bobby Petrino. When I see that Bobby Petrino in over one seventy to fourteen. I'm happy. People are saying, oh, God, but Bobby Petrino's, he's mean. He's a jerk. And I say, great. That's what I want out of my football coach. Yeah. I don't um, want a nice guy. You know who's a nice guy? They say the nicest guy. Mark Stoops. <laughs> um, Jalen Hurts is Alabama's quarterback. Okay. And um, I think they were kind of going back and forth between him and uh, redshirt freshman Blake Barnett. They're both freshmen, but this is the first time that Alabama's really had like a dual threat type possibility to run and pass. Alabama's never really had that. No, know? imagine if they put together some kind of a yeah. dynamic offense. They Spread. have uh, Lane Kiffin, who is also ultimate heel, right? Yeah. Better as a coordinator. Better as a coordinator. Did not hold back on running up the score. But imagine if that on his pr- previous team. What a, I'm sorry. If that you know, if they do a spread or zone read and it's just unstoppable, add that to their defensive line and their running game and everything their else. Their defensive They're, line looked pro style. I'm sure it is. I'm right. I mean, I'm sure they got a, two yeah. or three guys who will play in the NFL. Maybe four on that defensive line. Oxmore Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzz Line is five zero two three eight four fourteen fifty. We're going to head to the Buzz Line now. We have our man Brian, the insider, is on the line with us. How are you doing this morning, Brian? Hey, good morning, guys. How's everybody doing this morning? Good, good. What'd wow, you- what a great weekend of college football. I, I've enjoyed your show so far. Uh, man, oh, man, uh, some big upsets. And uh, and then, as you said, that very impressive uh, Alabama win last night. Uh, it's really remarkable how much talent they have on both sides of the ball. No question about it. What what storylines intrigue you the most? Obviously, 
you're a Louisville fan. Is that the, the main story for you right now? Oh, man, just how impressive Lamar Jackson was in the whole offense. You know, we didn't get to see uh, Charlotte was obviously overmatched, probably one of the worst uh, FBS teams in the country. So they were really overmatched. But, man, there's a lot of reason to be very optimistic for the Cardinals. And, you know, if the Cardinals are going to have a special season, they're going to need some help. They've got to do their business, but they're also going to need some help. And they got some of that help yesterday when Houston knocked off number three, Oklahoma. And, uh, you know, I know I'm getting way ahead of myself, but, uh, you know, uh, Clemson beat Auburn last night. And, uh, you know, so if, 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 if Louisville's going to have the special season a lot of people hope for, uh, they need some help, and they need the, the, main, the main three teams on their schedule to continue to win. And, boy, what a great win for Houston, the Houston Cougars, to go knock off the mighty Oklahoma Sooners. So, uh, and they really manhandled them the whole game. I watched that game, and it was a 10-point game, but it could have been more. So, uh, um, you know, and they beat Louisville last year. So, Louisville, uh, they've got a big game Friday at Syracuse. Friday night game, so that's going to be good. Uh, but if Louisville wants to have the special run, they need the teams to continue to do well. And that Clemson-Auburn game, that was a big one, too, because, you know, there were some SEC teams that, you know, uh, uh, didn't fare as well as they might have hoped uh, and don't have to look far down the road over to Lexington to see that. What a collapse that was. I tell you, I've been very critical of Stoops all along. If you watched that game last night, Kentucky, for the first time, I really noticed the difference in the athlete that Kentucky has been getting. Kentucky has been out-recruiting Louisville the last two, three, four years, and so they had some very good big guys on both sides of the ball, impressive interceptions, impressive receptions. But to come out after halftime and be that flat, that's coaching. Stoops is not up to the deal. And as a global fan, I guess I hope Stu stays there forever. But uh, I tell you what, it's a shame that uh, uh, the talent is there for Kentucky, but the coaching is not there. And, uh, you know, the fired offensive coordinator uh, who Stoops fired in December, awesome. he shows up at Southern Miss. And, uh, boy, they had a big second half offensively. And uh, what a disappointing loss for the Cats. But, uh, you know, I found some of Stoops' remarks afterwards pretty uh, pretty amazing. Uh, but uh, anyhow, the Cardinals have their destiny in hand. They've just got to carry their own business and hope that the schedule plays out well. No question about it. A lot on the line for this Louisville team going forward. I'm not looking past this game on Friday at Syracuse, Brian. No, no. Louisville's had problems at Syracuse. You know, they play in the Carrier Dome. It's very loud. Syracuse will have a lot of fans there. And Louisville's won the last couple meetings, but they've been, you know, when they were in the Big East, they've they've went to Syracuse and lost with good teams. So, no, I agree with you. I don't know what the point spread is, but Louisville cannot look past any team, you know. And and I think, as I've said before, injuries are the big point, the big key with Louisville. You don't have to look any past that game last, uh, the game against Charlotte. The second team is not nearly as good as the first team on both sides of the ball, and you saw that with the way Charlotte moved the ball a little bit. And I mean, so Louisville is very good on both sides of the ball, but they only go one deep, in my opinion. 
and and that's where a school like Ohio State uh, or a school like Alabama or or maybe even Clemson, uh, you know, they're just so deep on both. And the two that really pop out at me is Ohio State and Alabama. I mean, you know, Louisville is tickled to death and throws a party when we get a four-star recruit. Louisville, Ohio State and Alabama are stacked with five-star talent on both sides of the ball. That interception that the Alabama defensive back had and the acceleration that he got into the end zone maybe believe, I don't even know who it is, but maybe believe he was probably a very prolific running back in high school and would probably be a running back at a lot of schools. But to have that kind of wealth of talent on both sides of the ball is what really separates, I think, the two premier programs in the country, and that's Ohio State and Alabama. You're 100% right there, Brian. Steve had mentioned Ohio State lost 16 starters. Yes. 16 out of 22, I think, right? Yep. I'm no math magician, but that's a pretty big ratio. Magician. Brian, we appreciate your yeah. call. Thank you very much. Uh, before we let you go, anything else you want to get in on? Yeah, I do. Big upset in horse racing yesterday uh, in the Woodward. Grade one for older horses on the dirt at Saratoga. Saratoga closes this week. So does Delmar. Frosted, who has been mentioned as the chief rival from the East Coast, it's going to run against uh, California Chrome in the Breeders' Cup Classic. He went off at one to two, but he spit the bit, fellas, in the in the stretch. Finished third. Uh, Jimmy Jerkin's son, whose father was the, known as the, uh, the the big killer of the champs, he did it again. His old man would be tickled to death. The giant killer was what his father was known for. And Jimmy Jerkins, with a ghost sapper colt, paid twenty dollars and loop job. Uh, came in second, so big disappointment for Frosted, and uh, it just goes to show you, in my opinion, the best horses right now are out on the West Coast, but big upset in horse racing uh, as we get closer to the Breeders' Cup, so that's that's my horse racing take, guys. Thank you very much, Brian, and before we let you go, actually, you have a new podcast you've been doing with Kim Greenwell and, and Mike Gandolfo. Is that going to be a weekly horse racing podcast? Yeah, thanks for mentioning that, Kelly. Yeah, weekly podcast. We're doing it on horse racing, and uh, I'm excited about it. We got into a lot of good things, and, uh, uh, you know, this is a wonderful time of the year for horse racing. Not, you know, not only do we have Churchill Downs opening uh, next uh, on September 16th for their September meet, we've got Kentucky Downs down there in Franklin, Kentucky, running the richest racing in America right now. So that's going on. And as we move into the fall season in the Breeders' Cup, we're also, more importantly, in my opinion, we're starting to see the two-year-old stakes races, which are next year's Derby and Oaks horses. So uh, a lot of things to be excited about on the horse racing front this time of year. Great stuff there, Brian. We appreciate the update, as always. We look forward to hearing from you next weekend. Have a great rest of your weekend, Brian. Thanks for having me on, guys. I really appreciate the show. Good stuff there. We're actually going to head to a break. We appreciate everyone tuning in to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Be sure to stay tuned. Steve and I will be right back. When you get tight, you're all right. But hot fantasy. I need them in the morning.
Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 1450 WXVW. Here at 1450, we are the only locally owned sports radio station in the city of Louisville and southern Indiana market. And the benefit to you, the consumer, the listener, is that we're pretty unfiltered. We get to say what we want, try to provide you an exciting show each Sunday. And it's an honor to do so. Steve, what stories have we missed thus far? Um, I mean, tons of college football ones. You were telling me one during break. Was that, was that breaking news? Yeah, it, it is. Uh, there's a, actually a lawsuit being filed against. <laughs> I'm sorry? A lawsuit, really? Yeah, a lawsuit is being fired, filed against head coach Mark Stoops, University of Kentucky head coach. Um, there's a fan who claims Mark Stoops owes him $400 because the fan actually threw a, a Bud Light through his television upon fumbling that game away last night. Oh, so because Mark Stoops lost the football game. Mark Stoops completely choked the game away. He owes this guy a new TV. He owes him 400 He's just calling an even number, $400. That's not too much. It probably wasn't a huge television, obviously. I mean, no 55, 60 No, yeah, inches. it's a lot of people spend a couple thousand on a television. Yeah. So, and if it were a fake lawsuit, I think he would have claimed that it was more money that he was owed. Yeah. He's being realistic and modest, and he's saying... Mark Stoops just cut me a check for four hundred dollars, and we'll move forward. So we're probably looking at a a forty inch, maybe Samsung. Yeah, with, run of the mill with a shattered screen. Yeah, uh, maybe a Bud Light bottle stuck in it, and yep. Stoops owes him. Yeah, it's very fair. Yeah, I mean stuff like that happens. Stoops just needs to nip this in the bud and cut a check to him immediately. Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzz Line is five zero two three eight four fourteen fifty. Gonna head to the buzz line now. We have our man Marcus is on the line with us. How are you doing this morning, Marcus? Well, I'm doing pretty well. I got to hear uh, parts of the show earlier today, and I thought it's been a pretty good show so far. Thank you very much. We appreciate that. Well, uh, especially uh, Luther. I heard Luther earlier today, and I got to say, man, I think Luther is the most reasonable, normal UofL football fan in the city at the moment. Uh, I think he's you know made a made a lot of good points earlier, and uh, I'm I'm always glad to hear when he calls. But I, had the truth had a question though, and, and I had an answer for it, and I, I hope he's still listening. He asked, uh, "What's wrong with LSU?" Well, the same thing that's always wrong with LSU. Uh, it's a program that puts more players into the pros consistently than almost any other school over the last ten twelve years. Uh, it's also a school that uses the same ex- tired excuses the rest of the SEC. Well, we play in the SEC, so we have to schedule four Division two schools. Occasionally, we'll throw in a Division three, uh, pay them money to come here so we can beat them and inflate our record artificially. LSU's been on a streak the last few years where they've gotten awfully lucky and gotten some just amazing breaks so that that chuckle-headed ginger jackass coach of theirs can stand on the side afterwards and say, <laughs> well, we found the way to win. Uh, but that didn't happen yesterday. Wisconsin tried to give the game away. But in the end, that's not an upset. LSU's are the inferior team. They don't beat anybody who's any good. Uh, they'll get massacred in any game where they play a halfway decent team again this year, despite having an overwhelming amount of talent. Which, and what does that point to? Bad coaching. You look at Southern Cal, Alabama game last night. 
one of the few statistics in the pregame that ESPN would be correct was that every year since ESPN has ranked recruiting classes, Southern Cal has had a top 15 or better recruiting class. We've had four or five number one recruiting classes in the last 10 years. Alabama is consistently ranked in the top 10 in recruiting classes, and they've had a couple of number one, too. But look at the difference in performance, right? You load up your team with talent, and can't produce victories. Not, you know, I'm not, Alabama routinely massacred non-conference opponents on neutral sites. So, you know, that game last night is no surprise to anybody, I don't think. But when you have talent and you don't produce, the only excuse is the coaching. Fair enough. And that's LSU's problem. Yep. Marcus, it seems to be a recurring theme for LSU to underproduce, although they did, did win a title. So Les Miles is at least, you know, he... He's had a successful tenure yeah, overall. Yeah. They, they were named national champion by an SEC-biased uh, system. The only national champion with two losses that I can ever recall in my lifetime. Okay. The only one. Okay. Right? Mark- and since that time, in SEC conference games, LSU is 500. They've lost as many as they've won. That's nothing to write home, brag about, or act like you're an elite program because you're just not. Okay. Marcus, I'll ask you. We're in the heart of college football now. There's all sorts of storylines. Um, before we get to a, I'm going to ask you some questions about Tim Tebow here in just a moment. But where, where is it you're enjoying these college football games? You get to watch Houston and, you know, all the big games, all the storylines across the country. You get to fester in your hate for LSU. Where is it? Do you watch all these games at home, or how do you enjoy college football, Marcus? Oh, well, I'll tell you, man. Uh, I don't know if you or your listeners have heard of this, but there's a place in St. Matthews in Louisville uh, called Jack's Lounge. And it's, it's not a sports bar at all, but they've got, you know, seven or eight big-screen, high-def TVs. And the reason I like to watch football there is because it's like an upscale lounge. It's a, they call it Jack's Lounge. It's like an upscale environment. Leather couches, leather club chairs, high-quality cocktails. I mean, nothing's overpriced, man. They've got specials going on all the time with their $5 appetizers and all this stuff. But it's super, super nice. It's not a bunch of redneck trash with their children in there going, is this BW3 or 4? Uh, I, I don't know. You got some bad chicken wings? No, all their food is, it's the same menu. If you want to order food in Jack's, Eckless Restaurant, you know, one of the four or five best restaurants in the city is right next door. And you can get any food you want to off of that menu and sit there on a big leather couch, watch any game you want to watch. I mean, yesterday they had all of the big games on, you know, one right after the other, from the Houston game to the Wisconsin game, the Alabama game. And they even had ESPNU and had that, you know, Kentucky nonsense on for a while. All right, Marcus, before we let you go, we appreciate your call this morning. Real quick, keep it brief, what are your thoughts on Tim Tebow trying to play baseball? Well, I tell you, uh, baseball is a sport more than any other, I think that uh, lends itself to a certain degree. It has a spot reserved for the guy who is a pure, natural athlete, uh, and that's Tim Tebow to a T. In that exhibition he put on his time in the 60-yard dash, uh, he hit a, a double 
and live batting practice. Live batting practice is where the pitter, pitcher is trying to get you out against a major league closer that left his bat at 109 miles an hour. And that right there puts him in the status of major league hitters. Not minor league, major league hitters. So if you can figure it out, um, who knows? Maybe he's got a career, at least in the minors, at least he can give it a shot. But I guarantee you one thing. Uh, there was a basketball player about 20 years ago who thought he could do anything he wanted to, maybe the most overrated basketball player of all time, who thought he could go play minor league baseball and sucked at it. I guarantee you Tim Tebow is a better baseball player than that clown. All right. Thank you very much for the call, Marcus. We look forward to hearing from you next weekend. You enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Thank you. Good stuff there. Coming out firing. Marcus is uh, never lacks for enthusiasm. Nope. I like the energy. He said he watches the games at Equus and Jack's Lounge. I thought he would have been, a, you know, he sounds like a, a pure diehard major league I was surprised fan. by his. his I, I thought he'd say Tim Tebow. I, know, I was guessing I he's a, a baseball guy. I, I, I was yeah. surprised by but, his. You know, answer maybe also. Tebow has some huge fans. Maybe he's always liked Tebow. That no, could be it. I don't think that's the case. I don't, I, I not, do. not with I Marcus. Do. I think baseball is one of the hardest sports to transition to. Period. I agree. I agree. I don't but, think but, he has but, a chance either. But as far as tier of athlete, Tebow has the natural gifts that a very small percentage of the population has, right? Yeah. He's six sure. six three. Um yeah, I mean he's jacked. Very coordinated and he's very uh, muscular and lean and, and athletic. He probably has a dedication to devote his life to you know, baseball. But similar to the MMA argument or the any martial art or anything, you got to have so many years of hours and hours of repetition to do something like hit a Major League Baseball. He may, maybe he could make it to the majors and bat 190 if you give, give him a full 162-game season, and maybe he would hit 20 home runs. Because, <laughs> But who's going to play him if he only bats 190? Because you, you got to be able to... You know what I mean? You got to be able to um, have a good on base percentage and 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 uh, connect. You can't just be yeah, struck out all the time. You have to be consistent. He, he, what, Maybe he can hit a bomb every once in a while. He may but... be a poor man's Adam Dunn. Yeah, very poor man's because Adam Dunn played. He made the decision in college not to be. He went to Texas. He was a quarterback, not to be a quarterback. He went through the minors. He he spent. 500 times more, or more than that. I mean, what, what's the uh, the ratio that Adam Dunn has spent playing baseball compared to what Tim Tebow has? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's total hours doing something like that. Repetition and developing your, your craft, even to be somebody who strikes out at a historic pace but still has a spot in the major leagues and hits a bunch of home runs. Yeah, I agree with you that it, it, he's not going to make it to the majors. But it's intriguing. It'll, yes, it'll it connect, is. connect, you know, a lot of oh, yeah. people to the Tebow's, sport. You know, anything he does is going to be front page, front page news. So on Friday we have Louisville at Syracuse. Big game. You call it. You're calling a close game. I'm calling a close game. I'll say Louisville's going to win, but I, w- I wouldn't be the most shocked person in the world if we showed up next week and Louisville had lost at all. Really? Yeah, I wouldn't. That, that surprises me. I, okay, yeah. No, I, I think uh, anybody who's overlooking this game is naive. 
Very yeah. much so. Well, maybe the best co- college quarterback of all time. Well, yeah, not you know, maybe. Be able to pull he could retire out. now, and he's the best ever. Retire, yeah. <laughs> he may want to do that. I mean, he's he's ahead right now. He should. In all seriousness, Lamar Jackson putting up numbers like he did week one, eight total touchdowns. I mean, if he puts together another big game and he plays the entire game against Syracuse, I mean, his name's going to be surfacing across the country as one of the big oh, performers yeah, but at the, the same country. time, if he loses Florida State, Clemson, and Houston, oh, yeah. there's no chance he's going to be in Heisman conversation. No, I agree with you. They, they've got to win you have 10 to win games. Big games. 10 you know, games. It's not just purely based on numbers. You have to win the big games. Yep. I mean, Derek Carr, you know. Fresno. Yeah, he threw for a ton of yards. But, you know, he didn't win any big games. You know what's interesting is watching that HBO Hard Knocks. Who's the guy who's going to be the starter now for the Rams? Case Keenum? Yep. He put up big numbers in college. Oh, yeah. Where was it? Hawaii? Did he Houston, go to Houston, Houston, yeah, Houston. That's right. Look, Houston. look no further than the team we've been discussing all morning. Uh, what's his name? Case Keenum. Yeah, I, I, I actually like him too. I do too. He's, he's, he's not quick release. A little bit undersized. He's only six yep. one. Um, he's Go- twenty eight years old. Goff is coming along pretty slow. He's a third string quarterback for the Rams. Yeah. What do you think of this emphasis on the Rams across the country because of the hard knocks? Well, and their transition to L.A. And L.A. is the center of so much. Yeah. Just not You saw NFL. them put 90,000 in their first preseason game. So definitely a lot of buzz around the team. Um, I, I don't think they're going to have a great year, though. No. I think they'll be mediocre again, 7-9, and 8-8. Eight eight. Top, top girlie has to stay healthy for them to get to 8-8. Eight eight. When healthy, how elite is Todd Gurley? Oh, top. Top two, three running back in the league, I think. Potentially the next Adrian Peterson. Yep. I, you know me, though. I don't, I'm kind of down on the health, though. I think I think sooner or later it's going to catch up with him. And to some extent, it already has. I mean, because when he was in college, he had hit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Get destroyed, you know, playing in the SEC, too. Those, look at no those fur- running backs get destroyed. Look no further than... Uh- Chubb was his backup a few years ago, wasn't he? That's yes. when I first heard of Norm Chubb. Nick. Nick Chubb. He came out and he was the backup to uh, Gurley. Chubb's had his own history of injuries. Now, I think yeah, that's par for the course. You're right in the SEC. A lot of Georgia running backs have some injuries, don't they? Or Alabama running backs. Yeah, they're just... Running backs as a whole has got to be the one of the tougher, more difficult Positions in all of sports to survive. Imagine getting the. I, I was a running back briefly in high school. Man, very briefly. You've done it all. I was horrible. I you got had to end the show with that, didn't you? No, I was not. Just good. another sport that you were really good at. No, I wasn't. I was on the roster. Unbelievable. But in practice, I didn't even play in the game at running back. I, in practice, I'd get laid out. Your brother was a pretty good running. Back. And I had a hole in one. <laughs> Aside from that, it's just what I'm interested in. Anything I'm interested in, I am elite in. Be sure to join us next Sunday from 9 to 11. Steve and I will be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. The top of the top of the above again.